<laughs> hey you guys, what's going on? Welcome to The Camera Ads 10 Pounds. I'm your host, Peter Sears, and uh, you guys know the deal. This podcast is brought to you by my good friends at Performa.com. Performa, they have all of your fitness accessory needs. So if you guys like shaker cups, you know, like the ones that you put your pre-workout in or your protein powder and you shake it up and sometimes it doesn't mix well, not with Performa. They have the perfect shaker with the little uh, spiral. There's a name for it and they're probably going to get mad at me for not getting the name right, but it mixes up all your stuff. So it's perfect. Get it? Um, they have meal prep bags, meal prep containers. Like I said, pill, pill containers, like everything you need accessory-wise for your fitness stuff. Go to Performa.com, enter promo code 10 pounds, the word 10, the word pounds, and you'll save 15% off your order. And as always, this podcast is also brought to you by my good friends at Bucked Up Supplements. That's right. Um, anything you need to lose weight, build muscle, or just for general health purposes, multivitamins, protein powders, prenatal multi- multivitamins. You're welcome, ladies. Um, protein, creatine, pre-workout, of course. Um, right now, I'm using their pre-workout that is titled Woke as Fuck. You're welcome. Um, anyway, go to buckedup.com, enter promo code 10 pounds. That's the number 10, the word pounds. I know it's confusing. Um, and you will save 20% off your entire order. Now, they also have sample packs. So if you're, you don't want to commit to like a whole thing, just get a sample pack. All you got to do is pay shipping and handling. I don't know. You guys know what I'm talking about. Um, anyway, my guest today. So we are um, in the lobby of my hotel. We are in her hometown. And uh, this young lady, um, I got to meet her actually out in L.A., Oh, gosh. That was pre-COVID. It was pre-COVID. So I don't know. Do you remember when it was? I don't. Okay. Like, it was more than a year ago, yeah. obviously. So um, anyway, she's like, a, she's every, she, everyone, if you're in, Aust- in the Austin comedy scene, you know who she is. Like, she's, you're like the queen of Austin comedy. Oh, right? God. <laughs> <laughs> no one cancel me for him saying that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm saying it just because, like, if everything, every show flyer or whatever I see, I feel like she's, like, on it. So, like, she's, and that's no pun intended because we're in Austin and I said on it. Never mind. Oh, my gosh. Um, I know. I didn't mean to do that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Most yeah. comedians wouldn't have caught that that was a joke. <laughs> yeah. Bye. Are you leaving? Yeah. Have fun. We have a special uh, pop-in. Ashton's going to get her nails done. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, put your hands. She's the host of the Detox Podcast. And uh, she's, like I said, a comedian from Austin. Um, you're going to hear a lot more about her. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Allison Wojtovich. Nailed it. I nailed it. Yeah, you yes. did. Now, uh, it's spelled not like it sounds. No, it looks like you smashed a keyboard. Yeah, and I knew that, but like it's a pol- it's a Polish name. I yeah, I finally had one non-Polish speaker get it right on the first guess. Really? Yeah, on my podcast last week, Brett Forte came on and he okay. was like, oh yeah, I watched too much hockey growing up or some bullshit. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that makes sense. <laughs> that does make sense. Like, I mean, it's, I just always ask, you know how like when you're doing a show or something and like yeah. you tell the host, I mean, you probably have to tell them all. Like I have a last name that's not hard to pronounce. People just assume that it's pronounced a certain way by how it's spelled. Right. And so sometimes they don't ask. And I'm not that guy that's going to be like, hey, it's like whatever. Like I'm, right. no, I'm nobody. But like I do appreciate when people ask. Like, yeah. How, how do you say your last name? And then I tell them and then. Yeah. And they still get it wrong. It's <laughs> like, whatever. Like, I, I grew up with people that still say my last name wrong. And I'm like, come on. What do they me. say? They call me Sears. Sears. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, I mean, I get I was like, it. it's Sears, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the way it's spelled. It, I mean, it You is. were having me double, like, I was double guessing <laughs> for a second. Like, fuck, is it Sears? And I've been saying it wrong. <laughs> no, it's Sears. But like, 
I get Sears, and that's like, and then, but like I said, I, I'm not that guy that's like, get it right, or right. If you don't, if you don't say my one credit, I'm gonna get really. That's like, <laughs> I, I, I'm nobody. Um, okay, so you, you're from Austin. Yeah, yeah, Round okay. Rock, and we're technically in Round Rock. We are in Round yeah. Rock right now. Yes, that is correct. I didn't know. I didn't know where we. We were just like looking on Expedia, and we're like, okay, this is relatively inexpensive. So right, bam, and it's know. still like 15, 20 yeah, minutes exactly. from. And we yeah. had a, we had a car, so it, that's why we weren't like that's picky. Like yeah. if we were, if we flew, then it would have been a different story. But, yeah. Uh, okay, let me ask you a question right off the bat. All right. Um, how do you feel about people? Everyone moving here. I like it. Okay. I mean. Oh, okay. I like it for a lot of reasons uh-huh. and, you know, dislike it for probably some of the most common ones. Like the city was not built to have this many people in it. Oh. I I cannot afford to buy a house in my hometown anymore. Uh, like, <laughs> you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, and it's not even like I'm complaining about traffic. It's just like the infrastructure was not built to have this many right. people moving here. Okay. And so like, it feels like overly, once, right? yeah. And so yeah, it yeah. feels overly crowded because this was Does not it? planned to be like a big city, you know? So what's up? It's like, a, what, like half a million? Um, I think it's getting close to a million within Austin proper now. Wow. Yeah. The Metro, which I know is still really small for, you know, compared to LA and some, yeah. you know, New York I mean, and all that shit. But like, those are huge cities. Yeah. And if you see like geographically how small like Austin proper really is, it's uh-huh. stuck between the four highways. Right. You know, and it's the really small area of town. Um, but, but yeah. Um, but I do really like, you know, being in comedy, like, I had to have that talk with myself of like, shit, like I never left my hometown to live anywhere else, which I was willing to do if I felt like I was getting enough traction in comedy and I was merited and moving, you know, to LA or New York or something. But personally, like it's super beneficial that you don't have to go anywhere. The industry came to me, you know, and, and I also like my day job is in like fitness and digital marketing shit. And like, it's already a huge hub for that. So I kind of have everything I want here. I, I actually, uh, no, I'll tell you off air. <laughs> I think that's too much of a revelation to draw. I'm not moving here yet, but I'm thinking about it. And I oh, talk, shit. No, I, I, talked, I talked about that last week. I'm like, I'm thinking about moving to Austin. Yeah. Um, it's kind of why I've been coming up, you know, here and there. I figured. Get a feel for it. Um, but, um, yeah, so you, I know you do you do something in fitness. Like, you were a trainer at some point, yes, right? Yes, yeah. I, when I graduated college, I uh-huh. got, I double majored in acting and kinesiology of course. at UT. Uh-huh. <laughs> And double thought, majored. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the thought process was like, you know, I want to be performing, but like you got to make money until you get paid to do that. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So I was like, okay, I can train in the morning and act in the evening. But like they don't tell you that rehearsals go until, you know, 10, 10, 11 yeah. p.m. And right. if you're going to be at the gym at 5, 6 a.m. to train people, that's not enough sleep. It's not conducive. Yeah. Trust. So. I just, I did that for a little bit after college, like did the whole working in a gym thing. And then, um, I got cast in shit face Shakespeare down here, which oh, is really? not health promoting at all, but it was very fun. Wait, does it, is it what it sounds like? Yeah. We get one, we do a Shakespeare play. We cut it down to one hour, but it's the whole story still. Uh-huh. So we just keep like the bare bones, what you need to make the story right. make sense. And then uh, one of the actors gets drunk for the show and is basically allowed to fuck up the play in any way they want that makes sense so in the world of the play. So just one actor. Yeah. And then the rest of the sober people are what makes it really funny because <laughs> we have to fucking pick up your shit, you right. know? So like, for example, I was Juliet and Romeo and Juliet for like 18 months. We were in that show for fucking ever. And like... Um, 
it became my mission to not end up with Romeo at the end of the play whenever I was drunk. <laughs> I like I ended up in a lesbian wedding a few times. I ended up just killing everyone a couple times. Like it just as long as it makes sense in the world of the play, you know, you can't like whip out your cell phone and be like, I'm going back to the future. That doesn't make sense. Right. But like you can hit on Mercutio and then the sober actors have to figure out how to go with it. That's and so great. we almost never ended the show the way it was supposed to. <laughs> so is that like a so it's I mean, obviously you guys have a script, but there's yeah. also a great deal of improv involved. Yeah. So, I mean, we memorized, you know, it was the actual Shakespeare yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. And, um, you know, because it was only an hour and we had to improv and like s- s- random shit would happen too. like, uh, we basically all knew everyone's lines to right. once, you once we were to, running right. because yeah, yeah. like there was one time when Romeo got mad at me for not wanting to marry him when I was the drunk. And so the week after he was the drunk and he decided that he was going to give me the poison in the first act, first scene we had together. <laughs> and he changed it from being a death poison to a freaky Friday poison. So he got to play Juliet for the whole play oh, no. and I had to play Romeo. That's so fun. <laughs> and I had to know his lines, you know? Right. So, um, so That's yeah. Great. Yeah. So I got cast in that and it like, reignited my where, performance where, where was this where or where is this we would perform it at spider house ballroom uh, in austin okay. and the north door which no longer exists because oh. covid but um but yeah it was really fun and i think they're gonna bring it back like it's that's based- not, that sounds fun like that's i mean like i as a as a person that's into like the arts like i love shakespeare oh anyway, yeah but like i feel like for like the casual person that maybe doesn't understand all the verbiage and right. stuff like that would be a fun way to like well, get introduced to it. It is. And the know? directors used to always say like people come for the shit faced and stay for the Shakespeare. Yeah. Like especially with Romeo and Juliet. It's such a classic story that most people know. I say most people know the story because right. we literally had a guy scream one time. They're like, they die. Like we actually <laughs> died at the end. He's like, they die. He got really upset. Um, <laughs> spoiler, spoiler alert. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like and it, it was always fun because like we were st- I was kind of resistant to doing it at first. It was like one yeah. of my good friends from college that was also a huge Shakespeare nerd. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in it and he convinced me to audition. And when I got the part, he was like, you're going to love it. And I was like, I don't know, dude, this feels like we're kind of shitting on Shakespeare. <laughs> and he was like, actually like I, I would argue that this was closer to how they actually did it back in the day. You know, right, people were they, all they were, drunk all they the were time. Like, yeah, they, yeah. They were like, I mean, obviously they were live, but they were, more like kind of everyone was on top of it oh yeah like people would yell shit out yeah. and heckle it and was like, encouraged to be yeah. rowdy at the theater like if yeah. you look at the setup of the globe it was yeah, like made to doing. throw shit at the audience yeah. or at the actors and stuff you know um and so yeah and like we actually also were really intelligent or well the directors and, and people who would cut it were very intelligent about like pointing out to us where the innuendos were. Cause like even like a lot of us, even though we were Shakespeare nerds, we right. like, you never know. He, there are so many things that can be turned into innuendos and yeah. dumb like jokes. So you can make any of his plays way funnier if you just know like That's where great. the actual inside jokes are. And so, yeah, it just got super rowdy and it was a lot of fun. And that kind of like reignited my performance bug. This is like a me going way back, but wasn't like back in the like in like Shakespeare's days mm-hmm. like didn't men have to play all the parts yeah yeah women, there were no women women were not allowed to do yeah. so they had to play women yeah so like Juliet yeah. was played by a dude in a mm-hmm. wig yeah, yeah. <laughs> they should bring yeah. that back too yeah not like not like to oppress women just like for fun just for funsies for fun purposes, yeah. the, the globe recently has been doing a lot of gender swapped Really? versions of stuff like I saw it was so weird I saw as you like it when I went to London like the first time I ever left the country I went to London in like high school okay and we saw as you like it which is one of his plays like, and um, sweet Phoebe 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You scorned me. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I got you. I used to be a nerd too. Yeah. And um, (laughs) it was it was so good. And um, they uh, you know, they did traditional casting, and then like ten years later, I went back to London, and they happened to be playing As You Like It again, and they gender swapped the main two roles. So, um, they they had a woman playing a guy and a guy playing a. They did it so because like because the the characters like do switch genders in the play, right? Like the guy, like um, there's a, there is a character, it's Rosalind uh, is a woman and she pretends to be a man so she can go hide in the woods yeah, for most right, of the play. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so they had a dude playing Rosalind Great. who was dressed up as a woman in the beginning, but then he was like, Oh, I'm going to pretend to be a man for most of the play. And yeah. then like, <laughs> you know, as a dude and then they had the male, you know, romantic counterpart played by a woman the whole time. And so at the end, like she's, you know, five foot nothing and he's like six, six and Hilarious. she has to like dip him to give him a kiss. It was just very funny. <laughs> yeah. So you are, you, you, you have, you like, you like the, Arts. I love theater. Yeah, yeah I just love all the arts. I, I mean, do too. I do too, man. I mean, like, I used to be a dancer, so mm. like, I love dance. I love. I mean, obviously, I love stand up. Like, yeah, I love all, and I love supporting it. And that was like, I've said it on here a million times, but that was like one of the things. Obviously, aside from just missing performing, although you guys didn't miss it as much as we did because you guys kind of had it for. You guys had it back sooner than we, we did. definitely got it back sooner. It was still gone. I would say nine months here. Yeah, like we didn't. I was not on stage for six months. Yeah. My first show was in September. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was like, I was just like, I miss live performances. Yeah. Music, comedy, imp- yeah. like whatever. You That's know? a thing that I tell people a lot. Like people used to always ask me why I like theater so much. And it, it's true for basically any live performance that you yeah. see on a stage. Like there's only really two times that people are hopefully present with you. Right. And that's watching a live performance and when they're having sex with you. Oh yeah, I didn't think about that. You one. know, and it's like I, <laughs> I would hope they're present when they're having sex with you, right? Too. But yeah. like that's you know, especially like the comedy shows that bag up your phones now. Like, what else are you oh, going to yeah. do besides pay attention? I, right? haven't, I haven't been or done one. Oh really? Have you guys? Yeah, I mean, uh, the I mean, I work with Big Laugh Comedy, oh, so like right. Vulcan. Vulcan bags all the f- all the phones at every show now. Oh, they do. Oh yeah, oh, wow. and I think Creek in the Cave has started doing it too. Wow. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. That's the way it should be. Yeah. Because then you, I mean, I know it's more. It's probably a little bit more expensive, but then like, the comics don't have to worry about like, especially like the bigger people, you know, that are maybe working stuff out. Yeah. It's not ready or whatever. You know, you just don't want something if it's not. If you don't want to put it out on the internet, you don't want it to be on the internet. And totally. But also, like, there's, like, a being present thing, like you said. Yeah. So, like, when your phones are gone, then you don't have to worry about people being yeah. texting and whatever. Like, yeah. I, like I mean, even, you know, the bags came around because the Tony Hinchcliffe thing happened. But, oh, like, even yeah. even before that. How do you feel about that? You want to talk about that? <laughs> I mean, we can. <laughs> I, I don't care. At this point, I'm just, like... I don't think he should have said that word, but also yeah. he was joking and there was a greater context to right, it. Right. That's Especially that's, that's the gist that I've got. Cause I, yeah. I, I obviously wasn't there, but like, yeah, from what I've seen and heard from people that were there, like ping ding, is that his name? Yeah. Like his, set he had a was, working history with those guys yeah. and his entire set was racially based. Right. So it just didn't make sense to me that he wouldn't at least like approach Tony after before. Like, right. Go ahead and post it still if you want, but right. like at least talk to the guy. You know, you have a history working with this guy for years. Right. Your whole set was just about race. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. so it's that's like and that, that's, that's what I heard. Yeah, but like 
out of context, it seems like he just Tony went up there. And exactly. Like, yeah. Which, like you said, maybe he shouldn't have used the word, but like in the context and following everything, it's like. Yeah. And, and they, they, he knew him. Yeah. It wasn't like. He wasn't just going up there saying that to a random dude. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, he might have still been overstepping a line, but clearly Tony didn't know that was stepping over a line because right. he had a working relationship right. with this guy. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, you know, I'm not, I'm not like super close with Tony. I'll say hi to him when he comes to the club and stuff. But like, um, I definitely like he was saying, you know, when that shit happened, he was like every five minutes I could ret- refresh my Twitter notifications and there's 20 more people calling me a racist yeah. for weeks. Yeah. Like it's still an issue, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's just like, you know, some people are going to hold their opinions no matter what. But like I've he's I've seen him basically every week since he's moved to town. He's always been nice to me. I've yeah. always only I've only ever seen him be nice to everyone else. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where like and I'm from being from L.A., it's like everyone, especially comics, I'm using quotation marks. Air quotes. <laughs> yes. Um, any excuse to pile on somebody, yeah. those people, and I say those people because I never do that. I, I don't, I don't, you would never see me publicly say anything about any comic. Like, yeah. either way. I was like, I, ha- I, I can have opinions on things and I yeah. for sure as fuck know all the drama that's going on. Of but course. I never click on any of those tweets no, or those posts. Like, I never post anything myself. I don't need to be... I don't need to be relevant by jumping on some comic. Like, wh- whatever happens. Like, I'm just like, whatever, man. Because at the end of the day, any of these comics... If any of these other comics with a name are like, hey, man, you want to open for me? Right. They'd be like, fuck yeah, I want to. Right. So, like, just shut up, dude, because right. you're such a hypocrite. Like, yeah. You know you would drop, like, to go on tour with Tony or any of these guys that have been in trouble recently. Like, you're probably going to go on tour with him. Right. So, like, just stop trying to make yourself relevant by piling on somebody, especially if you don't know them. And it's just, like, Well, it's especially silly. if you don't know them, right? Because, yeah. like, I mean... This is such just such an ongoing conversation in comedy and in the world in general, but I just feel like a broken record at this point. Like yeah. everyone is so confrontational and like pick a side and opinionated and they don't want to alter their opinions. Yeah. And it's just like, I have plenty of friends that I disagree with on political, you know, yeah. stances on religious stances on moral stances, but they're still my friend. Yeah. You know, there's much more to a person than just something that they believe or feel in the it's moment. It's boring to agree on. I mean, I don't even agree with my girlfriend on, yeah. Stuff. She she doesn't like when I cuss on stage. Yeah. And I'm like, like sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, you don't like it. Don't don't share it on your socials. Then she's right. like, I won't. I'm like, okay, but I'm not gonna not like just because. Because that's inauthentic to you. Yeah. You tried to censor yourself. Like I, grew, I grew up in the hood, dude. That's how we talk. Right. Doesn't mean like it just. I mean, it really is how we talk. And but you know, she's she comes from a very conservative part of the country. Right. And. You know, it's it is what it is, but I'm just like, yeah, that's not it's right. just not me. And if you're being, you know, that's the thing that I like about stand up so much is like you're so, you, at least to me, like I know there's definitely people who do characters and and right. things like that, but like to me, stand up has just been figuring out who the fuck I am on stage, yeah. right? And so it's like, if if cussing sometimes or a lot is actually true for me, then yeah. like why would I not do that? Right. You know, the only time I'm gonna make an exception to that rule is like like I open for a woman who tours around and she she doesn't cuss in her material yeah. and sh- her her audience doesn't like that and so I'm your opener you're paying me to open for you of right. course I'm going to do a good yeah, job and, and that, not cuss that's exactly what I say right? too I'm like if they're going to open a comedy club 
and they want to tell me to work clean, then I will do that. Right. But if they're not putting money in my pocket, I don't fucking care. Right. <laughs> and it is, I mean, it is still fun because I met um, several, uh, like when I was touring, so the woman I tour with is Jen Fulweiler. Yeah, yeah. And when I was touring with her in 2019, several of her features like were also guys that just completely, totally right clean. Like one of them is Aaron Weber. He co-hosts oh, yeah. Nate Bargatze's podcast. That's uh, Lucy Lucy Scheimer's new, yes. new husband. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. Um, and, uh, he's super nice, hilarious jokes, never cusses, yeah. never gets dirty. You know, he's very good at like pointing out dumb stuff, similar to Nate's style. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, it was just so interesting talking to him and like Jeremy McClellan because they were like, look, if you can always approach when you're writing, start from a clean place. He's like, it's, yeah, the, yeah. you know, whatever, if it gets dirty, fine. Right. But like try to find the funniest joke possible while keeping it clean. Because that way, if you do need to do a clean set. Yeah. Clean 100%. makes green, you know, yeah, like yeah. that way you know how to do both. Yeah. Which was really yeah, cool I've had to, I've had to open for people and the like, you know, the club manager or the booker will be like, we need you to be clean. And I'm like, right. Like, it's fine. I, I can still get away with a lot of things. Yeah. Like, I don't. But. And also the definition of clean changes for the <laughs> audience because. 100%. Because some audiences clean just means don't say, don't talk about like the dirtiest shit. Right. right. Like incest or rape or like, and or yeah. don't cuss. Right. But then, like, for Jen's audience, they're all heavily Catholic. And so you don't want to make sex jokes, even if you're right. not actually... You don't even want to really imply that. But you can talk about drinking all day. Hilarious. Whereas if you went to, like, a super Baptist crowd, you do not want to mention drinking. Right. But you can probably get away with, like, sex, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. very interesting. Um, so you don't train anymore, but you work with the fitness I do have company. a couple clients. Okay. Yeah, yeah, It's kind of for me now, because I still... I maintain my certifications. Yeah. I'm nutrition and uh, uh, personal training certified. Um, and I like doing that stuff, yeah. but I also realized there's like an extroversion tap out level for me, you know, <laughs> like I, I had, like I literally, I felt so bad, but I can't, I had plans with a friend tomorrow and I was just like, I need to be alone for the first half of the day. Like I can't, I can't see anyone tomorrow yeah. cause I've been out doing shit all week. And I realized, and I didn't realize it until after I left the gym, but I switched my gears more to like online training, uh-huh. you know, clients that just want me to write them a program and they can go do it. Perfect. Right. Um, I'll do a couple zoom clients or maybe I'll go to your house if you're nearby, but I'll, I'll take like up to four at a time max. Okay. Um, and the rest of the work that I do is digital marketing, mostly in the health space too. Okay. And nice. I realized I loved working on the computer during the day cause I could just do it at my house by myself, listen to my music or podcasts. And then I still had the energy to go out and perform at night, Got it. you know? got to gauge the tank <laughs> so were you was there a time when you were doing stand-up and training a little bit yeah i was i was still working at that gym when i started okay. stand-up because right after i got cast in shit face shakespeare yeah i learned very quickly how bad i was at improv <laughs> and it wasn't even that like i mean also the fact that it needed to be in elizabethan english made it a little harder right. <laughs> but i'm pretty good at that language for lack of a better word i've read so much shakespeare and i'm used to it but it was just that I was so scared to take chances because when you're an actor, like I was always, I always treated it as like such a respect thing to the playwright. Like if they wrote this line in a certain way, you have to be word perfect. It might not be how you, Allison would say this exact phrase, but that's how that character would. And you're being that character. So I really was very specific and detail oriented when it came to sticking to a script. And so when they handed me a script and we're like, yeah, none of this might actually happen. I was like, what the fuck do I do? You know? And uh, no offense to people who like improv. I know there's a lot of improv people out there. Personally, taking an improv theater class sounded like going to middle school theater for me. Like, I just <laughs> did not want to do it. 
but I loved stand up. I loved watching it. I was a huge fan. I liked Rogan's podcast just because because also he has a lot of my favorite scientists on there from the health oh, perspective. Favorite scientists. Yeah. <laughs> sounds Jeez. weird. It Nerd. sounds weird. No. <laughs> it sounds weird. But there yeah. it's a it's a niche. I work for several of these doctors oh, okay. who get on Dr. Oz and stuff and oh, like wow. they're they're celebrity doctors for yeah, lack yeah. of a better word. And um, and so I liked a lot of the people he was bringing on. So I would listen to his science episodes. Those were oh. my favorite. But I knew he did stand up and I found out about a lot of other comedians through listening to his For podcast, sure. just offhanded mentions. And so I was like, fuck it. Like I ran into my friend, Sam Castillo, who I was friends with in college. And he just offhandedly was like, yeah, I'm doing stand up now. That's what I've always wanted to do. Even in college, I was hitting open mics. And I was like, so you can just like go to open mics. And he goes, yeah, you just like you could sign up tonight if you wanted and just get on stage. And I was like, they just let anyone because yeah. acting there's so many barriers of to course. entry yeah, yeah, yeah. and i was like oh shit so i just scariest thing i've ever done on stage but i was like i have to do it i have to see if like stand-up might help me with my improv and it 100 percent did yeah because it breaks all the fourth wall rules yeah. of talking to the audience and i got so much better at shit face shakespeare and being in shit face shakespeare made my stand-up better yeah you know it just kind of all fed i felt fed like each other i felt like when i mean not the, not that like I book a ton of like acting stuff, but I did feel that once I started doing stand up, I could walk into a casting office, which is a thing we used to do back before COVID, <laughs> to actually go into the casting office. No, none office. of these self tape things. Yeah, like <laughs> I, I did now, like now it's all self tape. I was, right. I don't know if I saw it in this podcast, but like now it's all I've been doing self tape for like the last few months right. and like I got a call to go into the office I'm like I'm not fucking going into the office like <laughs> no this shit yeah like we, we've already proven that we don't need to do that anymore right. but like when I started doing stand-up I would feel like when I walked into a casting office all the nerves everything like anything like that was just gone at that point yeah like, I didn't like I said it, it doesn't didn't really necessarily translate to me booking stuff right but at least I felt more comfortable that was something I really mm-hmm. admired about comedians once I realized that that was a thing too, because a thing that I think a lot of people don't realize is like stand up comedians don't give a fuck, but they will yeah. go to auditions that their managers put them on usually for TV shows yeah. or reality shows or whatever it is. They book you on so many acting auditions, but comedians like it seems at least that they have kind of a skewed percentage of people within the comedy community that get booked over quote unquote traditional actors because the comedians don't care. And the directors are looking for someone who's natural. And if you go in as a fucking robot actor, like I did to so many auditions because I was (laughs) terrified, you know, like you're trying to dig into the, what's the meaning? What's my purpose in this scene? And da da da. it's like the comedians walk in and they're like, what just happened before the scene started? Exactly. What's the as if, you know, like all the shit, like all the theory. It's like, it's good to know those things. But yeah, I feel like I've only done a couple auditions since I started doing stand up because I just fell so in love with stand up that that's kind of been my main, my main drug. But um, yeah, I just, I, I would like to start auditioning again for stuff just to see if my confidence would be clearer. Yeah, I think it will. Yeah. Uh, what I w- I've talked about it on here, but like one of the hardest things would be like, you know, doing a show one night, you know, say Tuesday night somewhere I'm performing. You know, I, I never say that I crush because I just right. don't say that. But like just having a blast on stage. Right. 
and you know after the show people come up to you like oh you're so funny which i love still right if you ever see me and you like what i do don't hesitate to be like hey you're funny i love it um, even if comedians are weird about it like yeah, i still feel really awkward if people it. come up to me because uh, i'm just it. like oh shit I, 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 it's like it's like a cognitive dissonance sorry to cut you off on this no you're good i realized this last night it's like a cognitive dissonance for me i get on stage and i'm like everyone laugh and be funny and like watch me and now there's a hundred people that just saw me do this thing and then i get off stage and i'm still shocked when someone comes up to me after afterwards and recognizes me and they're like you did good <laughs> you're shocked i get Dude, shocked i fucking love that it's i love it but yeah. i always forget for like a half a <laughs> second when they come up to me oh fuck you did just watch me talk for 15 minutes yeah. but like it would be so or like you know and then still like i you know i pass out business cards and whatever like yeah. it's like oh like i got a few more followers like and then but then my point was like i would do that and then i'd be at the gym training clients at 6 a.m the right. next day tired as shit and nobody cares you're right like, it would just it would be such a roller coaster no i did notice that too because at the yeah because i mean when i was still training at the gym you're right like i was doing i was i was an open micer when i did that i quit i quit training at that gym probably three months after i started stand-up or something um but it was like yeah that's that's the perfect way to put it like people would ask me, they knew I did stand up. They knew I was in shit face Shakespeare and they'd ask me all the time. How's it going? How's the show? How's your stand up coming? And I would get so excited that they asked yeah. me and they, Oh, I should come see you. And they, no one ever did. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, that's what everyone, I mean, that's what everyone <laughs> says, but it just felt weird. Right. Cause you like, you have this great show, especially like, I mean, that was when shit face was really big for me. So like uh -huh. I'd have this fucking insane show and I'd yeah. love it. And you feel like you're on top of the world on Saturday night. And then you go in on Monday morning and you're like, no one gives a fuck. No one cares. Yeah. It's such, but like, I've always I've always felt like ego wise like it's good to have stuff like that that oh, for like sure. keeps you grounded and whatever like and then because then at some point you get to a point where all that's behind you and you're just doing this thing and then you can just remember those days like oh yeah remember when I fucking drove back from San Diego at two o'clock in the morning <laughs> and then I got up three hours later right. and this is like and then my client was an asshole and then I got into a fight with him and then I sent him home and then oh, like, no. like this all like you know what I mean like that's just part of the thing like <laughs> everyone has their struggle oh dude yeah. I would get into it like I was oh, and I haven't talked about it in here I used to have this client who I trained every day. Oh, gosh. Five days a week. That's crazy. So, I mean, he was super, like, very well off, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, um, he was... It's really weird because I trained him and I trained his partner. He's a gay man. Yeah. And his partner was, like, you know, super flamboyant. Everyone, like, saying hi to everybody. Just, like, the happy, cliche, happy -go -lucky like, dude. gay person. Right. right. And then his partner that I... His other partner, his partner that I trained, just angry like Ooh. almost like he probably had a bad experience probably got bullied for being gay or right. some there's something there underneath yeah. and just always mean to people and i'd be like fuck and i had to train him first thing every morning i'm just like you got you don't understand i was up here last night right. and now i gotta fucking come <laughs> to you and now you're gonna talk shit to me and but like but what was crazy and it's you know we all have our struggle but like just training him mm -hmm. five days a week like he was my rent yeah like if I trained him, just him, you that had a place covered live. my rent. Yeah, and everything else was like, okay, now I can buy some shoes, and now I can buy right. this. But like, so I had to like just kind of like, right, just take it. You know? That's something. I mean, it might be preaching to the choir with your listenership here, but it's like I, my roommate and one of my best friends is a full time personal trainer. Uh -huh. She puts her heart and soul into all of it. And yeah. like, and if, if anyone is a good trainer, they are like trying to show up for you with the best energy they can. Yeah. 
the least you can do as a client is acknowledge that this is also a human being. (laughs) You know, like I feel like there's a lot of people who hire a personal trainer and they just expect the personal trainer to take care of all of their health problems. And like, it's their train, it's the trainer's problem now. And like, it's all about whatever. And it's very transactional. And it's like, yes, you know, you are a client to that person and they should be serving you in a certain way. But like, be nice to your trainer, you know, (laughs) we want, we get that you're hiring us to tell you to do things you don't necessarily want to do. You're my, you're my boss, but like, you're not like my master. Right. Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. Right. And I, I would have this conversation with my, I'm like, look, man, like I like your money. Right. Like it's like, I like it. Right. But I don't need your money. Right. So you need to like treat me with this, like treat me how I treat you. Right. If you're nice to me, I'm going to be nice to you. But if you, like, I grew up in the hood. If you're going to come at me a certain way, I'm going to come right back at you a certain way. And that's it. So just, I'm a mirror. That's true. I mean, you should look at everyone as a mirror, right? Like, that's... Justin Timberlake. Yeah. favorite. I mean, it's like a super (laughs) woo-woo saying, too. But, like, um, I, I, I do think if you show up in a certain way, you are giving people a direct vibration to respond to you with. Yeah. You know, and I've I've been having like it's not normal for me to be like mood swingy, but I've just been super mood swingy the last few weeks. Really, and it's been such like a lesson for me to be like, fuck, I might be pissed right now, but I still need to be nice to everyone because even though I might be angry for whatever reason, like if I start being a bitch to them, they're of course they're gonna be mean back to me, yeah. and then that's just gonna fuel my rage even yeah. more because I'm like, why are you being a bitch to me? <laughs> oh, because I was started it, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um. So okay, so. I'm going all over the place, yeah. but so Austin's become this big thing and it's going to get bigger. Right. Obviously like there's, and also I'm, I'm one of the Austin comedians that's looking at this as a very positive thing. There's a yeah. lot of us that disagree with me. Well, that's why, say, that's why I was yeah. asking you. Cause yeah. I know there's like, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm cool with Trevor. Yeah. So like, I kind of get like what people are, you know, I think he has people coming at him like, Trevor Kevlo. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. yeah Cause he used to, uh, he had a, a spot in LA that mm-hmm. we used to do shows at. Um, the dojo right yeah yeah and it was great you know it was it was like a bar at first and then like it's like a bar restaurant and then but they had these two rooms and then he started doing stand-up in it and it was like it kind of worked you know but anyway um he was just kind of like that's kind of what i've gotten from him is like there are people that don't like the fact that there's an invasion happening yeah i mean it really does feel like the la scene especially kind of just picked up and moved a big chunk of itself here but it's also not just the LA comedians. It's just like the more famous people that have moved here yeah. mostly are from LA. Yeah. But there's, I sure. mean, as soon as it's crazy, the Rogan effect, dude, like as soon as yeah. he announced that he was moving here and he convinced a couple of his other famous friends to move here, like we're getting people. There's a lot of people that have moved here from Nashville, from really? the, from the like Pacific Northwest. Um, I've met a lot of people from like, even just like North Texas, you know, a lot of Dallas people coming uh-huh. here, yeah. you know, Oklahoma. But it's interesting because a lot of them are the people who are like pretty talented. You know, there's yeah. a lot of people I don't recognize and I'm always kind of just like it's not a good way to approach it. But if I see someone I don't recognize in an open mic, I'm like, this person's probably new. Right. right. But that's not the case anymore. It's yeah. just like everyone not everyone but a lot of people who have moved here are very talented and we're all just trying to get to know who's who now because right. <laughs> i think i got the gist at least that a lot of the better people from various cities that have been moving here uh-huh. decided that they could move to austin like austin was a much more feasible and affordable yeah. and realistic move for them than moving to la ever was yeah. and so they're willing to take a chance on that move 
because it's not going to be as devastating if you uproot everything to move to LA and pay way more in rent and right. like, you know, yeah. don't get any chances. That's the thing. Like, you know, cause I'm from LA. Yeah. And so I, you know, everyone that listens knows where I've been, but, um, you know, I was just, my plan was just to go to Oklahoma for a few weeks until COVID was over. Right. <laughs> that ended up lasting a long time. Why'd you go to Oklahoma? So that's my girlfriend's from. Girlfriend's from Oklahoma. Yes, my okay. girlfriend's from, I don't think, I may talk about, we have a show tonight, Allison and I, but um, I don't know if I'll talk about her tonight. I talk about her enough. But, <laughs> um, they have a farm out in Oklahoma. Oh, sweet. So um, when I wasn't making any money, when they shut everything down, I'm like, okay, I need money. They always need help on the farm. Let me just, and, and uh, plus I was just tired of being in my little apartment yeah. and not being able to do anything, right? you know? So I'm like, let me just go out there and help out for a little bit. And like I said, it ended up lasting longer. So right. now I'm at a point where it's like, okay, COVID's over, whatever, like, and now we're pretty much back to normal. Right. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, I obviously go back home mm-hmm. or do I, do I come to Austin? And you know, there's, there's, there's a, uh, there, they both have major pluses right so like the austin plus is there's gonna be what like five clubs at the end of the day yeah like at least there will be there's creek there's, there's romo creek there's romo sunset strip sunset big strip. laugh and then rogan's room and then rogan's room and, and then the reopening cap city cap city yeah so. rogan's room is kind of on pause he one world theater fell through but it sounds oh, like really? he's still looking um and then yeah Velveeta room on 6th street is oh, like right. kind of a local okay. room Indie. but yeah it's it's a super fun place too yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um so yeah it's like well, what's that? it's like six clubs yeah that we just, so it's like for a comic because in la there's you know comedy store improv laugh, laugh factory, factory and you know you're not and they're all within like west hollywood you they're can walk to each other i've yeah. walked there is there is because i used to live walking distance all those places and there was a day where I was just like, let me just do this. And I went, to, I walked to all three I've clubs. I've done that, yeah. It was the best, dude. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. but like, I mean, I guess you can kind of, can you walk to all the clubs from here? Right now you could. Yeah. Uh, well, not Romo Room. Okay. And when Cap City opens, that'll be right by Romo Room. Okay. So, you know, if you decide to go to North Austin, you'll have Romo Room and Cap City pretty much right next to each other because okay. they're both in the domain. Got it. And then, yeah, Sunset Strip. I mean, Creek in the Cave and Vulcan, which is where Big Laugh does right. their shows. Yeah, yeah. Creek in the Cave and Vulcan are like two blocks away. Right. Yeah, I knew that. And then Sunset Strip is like three blocks south of Vulcan. <laughs> okay. So it's really close. Yeah, like so it's, it's like there's a less lot. Less than a mile. So for comedy, like if, if your goal is just comedy and just to get right. good at comedy. like And the Velva's on 6th Street across the street from right, Vulcan. Right, So there. it's like, yeah. Um, so those are just, those are comedy clubs basically, but there's also a bunch of other places where there's shows and yeah. stuff. So it's yeah. like. If you're just trying to get good at comedy, like this is a good place to be. I feel like such an idiot. There's so many open mics every single night here Mm. now. Like there was a decent number Uh pre-COVID. There were most nights there were multiple mics, at least two. And Austin, like I mentioned, is a pretty small town. So it wasn't hard to hit multiple mics in a night. But now that it feels like there's like at least five a night, which is insane for how small the radius is. And um, and for how few comics there, I mean, there's there's a there's lot of a lot there's a lot of comics, but it's not like it's LA. It's not like we're fighting for stage time. L.A. There's <laughs> thousands. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Austin comics groups are like in just kind of hitting the thousands, but that's yeah. because people who travel through also join them right. to know what's happening. But it's like, yeah, and it's and as far as local shows go, they're fucking everywhere. Yeah. I mean, like I have a brewery show yeah. near the domain. There's Fallout Theater, which is technically an improv theater, but they oh, yeah, do I've a ton of stand up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Hideout I, Theater does stand up sometimes. We saw a show there 
pre-COVID. Right. It had to do with zombies. It was so oh, funny. I might have seen that one actually. It was like it was like it was like the the world. I don't know. If, I forget what it was called, but like the the world. It, it was a zombie. Yeah. Improv. Like they were. The world was turning into zombies. But it was really funny, and I was like, "This." And is they would like take suggestions from the audience yeah. on what would kill the zombies. Yeah. I definitely saw that yeah. one because I yelled out "Sage." <laughs> And so they had to burn Sage in the third oh, act hilarious. to kill the zombie. It's great. But like, <laughs> was I was so just dumb. like, it's a cool little art. And like, even, the, and so this is the thing about me um, before COVID, because confession, I do want to be in a superhero movie. Oh man, that'd be fun. Yeah. Dude, I do like, you know, I've, I literally auditioned for the part. I feel so sh- stupid. The character that's the female lead in the new Star Wars shows i like audition like i love characters like that on the in the the mandalorian no in sorry in the the new movies the new movies yeah yeah, yeah. uh so the british girl that they ended up casting yeah i I try auditioned for ray really and i love characters like her you know like katniss everdeen would have been one that i would have loved to play yeah you know shout out to to jennifer lawrence right (laughs) um they were, was it like an open, like... Yeah, it was a fucking okay. cattle call, but it was it. still just like, dude, I gotta try, you, you know? Be, can you believe that she... Because I loved her in those movies, but like, she canceled... She like, stopped her Instagram because of all the shit that people were posting on her... Really? Fu- yeah. I didn't know that. Were they just not like... They just didn't like her character? Fucking, no, I mean, yeah, like, and... Or they didn't like, you know, Star Wars fucking... There's like, I love Star Wars, dude. Like, I grew up watching Star Wars. yeah. Like a million times I've seen all those movies Like I cry Whenever I fucking go see those movies Right um, It's more from in, Inside stuff that I have going on Right but, um, Every time a movie comes out Like every Especially now that there's social media Like you see all these nerds And I call them nerds Cause it's like Get a fucking life dude Well they yeah just, Cause they're so attached To the original trilogy That they're this. like Oh the new movies suck yeah, like, Can you just be entertained For two hours Right like, just, <laughs> And it's recognize like, like how amazing like these graphics and right. everything are like just like come on it's and such so a catch-22 as well right because like yeah. i mean i was a huge harry potter fan growing up uh-huh. and i didn't know at first i was like i don't know how to feel about the spinoffs but i was like at the end of the day i'm a huge fan of that entire universe that was created yeah. and the fa- like this that's a sign of how strong this the fandom is you right. know like if there's the original books or the original trilogy or whatever it is that the first movies are based on the reason they're making spinoffs is because you guys wouldn't shut the fuck up that you're sad there aren't any more movies. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so now they're giving you more movies in the same universe what, what, what and then the you're one, pissed. What were they called? The, the, exce- oh, the, like a weird the beasts one. The yeah. Magic Fantastic. Fantastic. Beasts yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Those are like Johnny Depp's one of them. Right? Yeah. And then there's fucking kind the guy of. from Les Mis that like played the main character. I don't even remember. I'm so bad with actors. Names. Not Hugh Jackman. No, it was, uh, he played, um, Russell Crowe. No. No, the other guy from Les Mis. Yeah, okay. the one that was the young guy that like fought in the actual revolution in Les Mis. Eddie, Rid- Eddie yes. Redmayne? Eddie Redmayne, thank you. The guy you. that played uh, Stephen Hawking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's like yeah, the lead right. character right. in those yeah, Harry yeah. Potter spinoffs. Too. Uh, yeah, it's just like, I get, I, I'm just like, just be entertained for a few hours. Right. But anyway, the point being is I would love to be in a superhero movie. So if you're... If or, you're or, casting. Or, or a TV show, yeah. So if you're, if you're with Marvel... Or DC. I'm honestly <laughs> not. I don't have any allegiance because nobody has booked me on, on either. But <laughs> but the point is, is that that's where the allure of LA comes in mm. is because those opportunities for the most part the film. would come in LA. Yeah. Like I just want to be like literally as long as I'm in a mar- in a Marvel or DC 
that's it. So that's where like my dilemma is. It's like, yeah. okay, would I go back home, or do I try this new thing? And yeah. I don't. And I, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. I, I appreciate it's, that you're keeping an open mind. Either oh, way, oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, because because oh, the point is, before COVID, I was thinking about coming here anyway. Really? Yeah, we had okay. So I did a. Have you been to uh, Jokesters 22 in San Antonio? No, I hear about it, though. So I headlined there. Mm-hmm. And then we were like, well, let's go to Austin. San Antonio's, you know, an hour. And right. we came here. But it was right before COVID. Like, it was literally the week of, uh, the week that w- was supposed to be South by. Oh, yeah. And they had canceled yep. it. They had just canceled it. So everyone was kind of like. What's going on? Yeah, like, and so I came and it was like, I was like, oh, this is not as like vibrant as i thought right um but i think people were just freaked out yeah because it was like the dominoes hadn't fallen yet but like there was something going on and they canceled stuff but i was like yeah let me see what austin is yeah this is before obviously rogan and everything but like i knew there was a scene here yeah being centrally located kind of centrally located like to the rest of the country was like right. a thing and i do the road a lot so i was like yeah i'll think about it you yeah. know like Keeping my options open, you know, as, yeah. as a road comic, you can really be anywhere. Right. Like, exactly. You, I mean, I know road comics that live all over the place. That's the thing a lot of people don't think about either. Yeah. Like I've always, I noticed pretty quickly when I started comedy that there's kind of like in a scene that isn't LA or New York, there's yeah. kind of three buckets, right? Yeah. Cause Austin, a lot of people don't know this, but Austin was one of the main comedy hubs outside yeah. of those two. It was like yeah. Austin, Denver, Chicago, or yeah. like the places that people would go that were bigger scenes and you can get really good because yep. there's really good people here. And then if you decided you wanted to make the move to New York or LA, you could stepping stone up. Right. Right. And, um, I, you know, I, I noticed there's kind of three buckets in a scene that isn't those two main cities. It's like the people who start in the local scene and they don't, they're not doing it because they want to necessarily be professional. Right. But they want to get good and they can be local legends. They're local headliners. They can kill, they get booked a lot and they're happy with just staying here. Yeah. And then there's the people who start in a local scene like Austin with the goal to end up moving to New York or LA. So they're trying to like climb the ladder as much as they can here, start getting booked a ton here, get really confident in what they can do and then move somewhere else for bigger opportunities professionally. And then there's the third bucket, like you mentioned, These people are killers, but you might not actually see them on their hometown a lot because they're hitting the road so much. Yeah. But if they're in town, for sure we'll book them on the show, you know, because we know they're good and they can headline anywhere else in the country right. and they make their money doing that. And they're kind of like the low key superstars of comedy Cause to me. Like, I don't know. The, the idea of fame sounds so exhausting sometimes yeah. <laughs> and it's like weird, right? the road comics are the ones that figured out like I can have fun at my job yeah. and get paid for it. Without and necessarily having to be uber famous at it, yeah, you know, I, I and can, I can come I can home, live a normal life. Yeah, I can go to a restaurant and not be bombarded with people. Like, right. I mean, as much as I want to be in a Marvel movie or DC movie, I'm not. Comp- I'm not. I don't have a bias. It's either one. Just want to make sure that any casting people that are listening to this know this. Um, yeah, like if I was in one of those, then I might not be able to go eat at places right i want to be able to like still go to dodger games and right. go to like you know i would i was gonna say chick-fil-a but i had <laughs> but, I, but i had an incident yesterday and i oh I, no i don't think i'm going to chick-fil-a anymore what yeah you want to disclose that on the podcast Fuck yeah dude yeah Fuck what Chick- happened so i don't go to chick-fil-a very yeah, i love chick-fil-a but mm-hmm. I just, i'm a healthy person right um but i'm training for a marathon right now 
So lots of calories needed. Yes. So there's certain days where like like yesterday, like I lifted. Sorry, guys, this is gonna be boring too, but this is kind of a fitness podcast. You get it. <laughs> um, so I lifted, and then I had to run a 10k. Yeah. So all in all, probably burned 1,500 calories. Yeah. Just in my workout. Yeah. That's just in my workout. That's not on top of it. whatever. So I'm like, okay, I'm I'm, I'm gonna go have breakfast at Chick Fil A. Because it was still like breakfast time. And Chick-fil-A, I don't know if you've ever been there for breakfast. No. Are you serious? I That wasn't one of the no, fast food places that we went to when I was okay. growing up. Fair. Yeah. Um, so Chick-fil-A breakfast, for the longest time, has had, it's like a multi-grain bagel mm-hmm. with the Chick-fil-A, you know, chicken. So it's like a bagel sandwich. Yes. With, yeah. with their Chick-fil-A chicken with an egg on top mm. and cheese. Oof. That on a multi-grain really bagel. Right. It's fucking good. Yeah. Dude. And then you can get like fruit or something. You don't have to get the hash browns, which is what I would do. Right. And then I go in there yesterday and it wasn't on the menu. <laughs> and I was like, maybe like it's just like an off the menu item. Right. Now. So I asked a girl, I'm like, did you guys take the breakfast bagel off the menu? And she's like, oh, I don't know. Let me go ask. She, she goes and asks. And she's like, yeah, I guess we took it off the menu. And I was like, what? Yeah, like, and I'm, I'm like, I'm not gonna go. I'm not gonna go Consuelo on that. Right. Um, <laughs> that's the Mexican version of going Karen. <laughs> um, and I'm like, okay, just I'm, I'm gonna calm down. I'm like, okay, well, okay. So they also have like a like a muffin, like right. a multi-grain muffin. Um, so I'm like, okay, we'll put the chicken and the egg on the muffin and just put cheese on it because right. the normal chicken one doesn't come with cheese. And I'm like, and just do it that, and that's fine. So they bring it out, and they did what I asked them to do. But what I didn't realize was that now for breakfast, instead of having the main, like the real size of the chicken, like they would, like yeah, you know, the, the chick- big patty, the Chick Fil A, yeah. it's yeah. a smaller version of it. Oh, okay. I'm like, so not only did you take off my fucking item <laughs> off the menu, but now you lowered the size of the chicken too. Like oh I just God. ran seven, almost seven miles, right? And we're like, I need protein, dude, right? And so now I'm like, you know what, dude? Like, I was cool. Like, whatever, with you guys being, like, anti-gay, like, it was, like, whatever, <laughs> like, that's, but with you guys, like, this, this is, where, is I, where the line, this is where I draw the fucking <laughs> line, dude, you take the fucking bagel off, like, <laughs> like my gay friends are get, get, get mad at me, but I'm like, look, dude, dude, you, you get it, I know, I know so many gay people that eat a Chick-fil-A, it's right. fine, they don't talk about it, <laughs> right. but they do it. Dude, it's so funny, I, I wonder if that was a COVID thing, because I've been realizing businesses are yes. so full of shit with their COVID 100%. excuses. 100%. So there's a Tex-Mex chain that started here in Austin called Chewy's. There's one right okay. up the street from where we're at. Uh-huh. It's it's classic Tex-Mex. Like, okay. it's Tex-Mex. It is not Mexican food. Right. It is Tex-Mex, but yeah. it's delicious. Okay. And... They, you know, huge menu pre-COVID. And then, uh-huh. like, when they were doing, you know, takeout yeah, only, they, they shortened the menu, yeah. right? They've kept the short menu. Yeah, Texas like has that. been open for so long. I know. And my mom's, like, favorite dish there, they still won't serve it. It's fucking chili rellenos. I was like, what's yeah. the excuse for not having chili rellenos, yeah. <laughs> like, Stupid. on your Tex-Mex menu? Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, oh, we cut it because of COVID. It's like, there's literally no reason. You're yeah. cooking everything else still. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> yeah. I, I've been like, I'm done with the paper menus. Right. <laughs> We're done. Right. I'm done with the fucking scan your thing on the fucking QR table. Codes. And like, I'm I'm done with QR codes. I went I to lunch with my mom yesterday, and we scanned the QR, and I was like, I bet this is staying. I bet they're not bringing back regular Probably, menus. But like, it's like part of the thing. Like, like for example, like a. Uh, like Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. Oh it, my it, God. It's whatever. It's like, a novel, dude. 
Their but, menu is anomalous. Yeah, like that's like part of like you, you sit at the table, you're like, oh, look at this menu. Yeah. And they, they've taken that away from us. Right. And it's like, we don't, it's fine. Like, bring the fucking menu back. Like, just <laughs> the, one that the, the one that really got me is like, I don't know, w- I usually fly Southwest. Yeah, me too. That's just, <laughs> we're, it's free bags. Right. You can, you can book another flight without like being charged. Lots like, of one way, yeah, like, direct flights. It's great. Yeah. Like, but like during COVID, they were doing the no middle seat. Yeah. Which I loved. I'm like, because I don't want no one sitting next to me anyway. Right. Like, perfect. But they were not doing in flight beverages. Yeah. Except for water. Yeah. And I'm like, well, what's the fucking difference? <laughs> I flew Southwest a couple weeks ago, yeah. and now they have four, four options. Four, yeah. And I'm like, well, no, fuck, fuck you, dude. Because like, the hold up a full. number, too. Yeah. No, oh, like, yeah, don't yeah. even talk to us. Don't, hold up a number. Don't pull down your mask yeah. to tell us, or we'll, we'll skip you. You have four options. Just hold up a finger. I'm like, if this flight is fucking full, right. then my drink options need to be full. <laughs> like, you, you made me sit next to someone in the middle yes. seat again. Please give me all yes, the drinks. Exactly. Why it, is the alcohol not stupid. back on the plane? <laughs> like, yeah, because you get those. I mean, I don't drink, but like you get me those. Me neither. You but get <laughs> the option is nice. Yeah, you know? exactly. The option is nice. I want I, those coupons I get all the time. I, I just want to <laughs> use them and just give them. I here, know. You want a shot of whiskey? Like, here. Let's be very clear. I still will only order coffee or water. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes orange juice. I don't drink soda. Right but now. I want the option. Yeah, they don't even yeah. have orange juice anymore. Come on. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm, I'm with you, Allison. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so you're pro, you're pro all this growth in Austin. You're excited about it. That's I'm excited a, to see it. Because, yeah. I mean, I had a conversation about this with another Austin comic who grew up here. Uh-huh. And this was pre-COVID. We had yeah. the discussion of, like, we fucking hate that Austin is such a good city sometimes because you always have that hometown complex of like, God, I got to get out of here for a little bit. I should try living somewhere else. But Austin is so great. You never want to leave. That's how I feel about LA. Yeah. I mean, I I had, I mean, I think you're lucky being from there, by the way, you might not feel that way, but no, I love it. I like the comedians that I met that were from LA out there. I was like, do you realize how lucky you are that you were born in this Mecca of all of entertainment and you want to be in entertainment? You got so fucking lucky. Yeah. I mean, that's and that's the thing too it's like i always like whenever especially like when i would go to like not knocking anything but like you know when you're in la any given night you're on show with fucking famous people yeah like people that are like so like from the very beginning even my first show i had like who was really oh bobby lee oh shit was on my very first show oh my god my my, my first show was at the comedy store oh my gosh and i'm like Oh, so like famous people just are on their show. Are like, here, yeah. Are on your shows, like and but like my point was like I saw where the bar was. Right. I'm like, okay, that's comedy. Yeah. And I feel like in some places, you know, you travel a little yeah. bit, you do the road, like you see the local scenes and you're like, Oh, like they don't know where the bar is. Right. Nothing I mean there's great comics everywhere. And that's yeah, not there's always gonna be local yeah. legends who show you what the real bar is. Yeah. But there's not nearly as many of them as right. there are in New York or L.A. Right. And so it's like you it's you know, it's kind of like Big Fish, Small Pond. But like, yeah, I always thought when I especially when I went on the road, it was like, oh, like I'm glad that I'm getting my comedy education in L.A. From the best. Yeah. And yeah. then like also just like having somebody like, you know, like a Dane Cook be like, hey, good set. You're like, wait, what? What? Yeah. Like, what'd you say, dude? Like, are you serious? Did you feel like being there and getting to be like around those people a lot kind of also taught you some of the business aspects of comedy. Um, I have talked about this on here, but I was very fortunate to me. It it wasn't necessarily, I mean, there's a couple of people that are like 
decent names. Right. But yes, that like I I learned the business early on. Yeah. Where some people, you know, they're doing there's nothing wrong with doing open mics. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got to do them, but like they're doing them for 5 6 years and that's that's their ceiling because right. they're they don't know about the business. Right. And I'm like once I learned, you know, like I used to do bringer shows. Yeah. I mean, that's a thing. It's not really a thing here, huh? It's not really a thing here. Yeah. I, I've uh, seen people try it and they kind of get shit on by the locals. Yeah. So. I, I remember, I don't know how long ago it was. It was probably within the last couple of years. Somebody was trying to start like a slotted mic that's here. That's how Romo Room started. A slotted mic? Yeah. It was a different yeah. name and they were trying to do a slotted mic. And, and people the went Austin comedians yeah, went ape shit. Like, yeah. little, don't bring that LA bullshit yeah. out here. You're scamming comics. We already don't have money. Yeah. Why would you ask us to pay for stage time it when we can get big, it for free yeah, everywhere and I remember else? Because I, I, I had worked. Uh, he lives here, right? J, yeah. Jay White. Yeah, Jay White Cotton. Jay White Cotton mm-hmm. lives here. I had worked with him. Uh, in Wichita, and so I just kind of saw all this unfolding, and I'm like, dude, <laughs> Jay was so pissed yeah. about it. <laughs> I'm like, dude, we we pay <laughs> like, I mean, I I don't, I didn't do open mics a lot because I was always lucky enough to be on like book yeah. shows, but like, I mean, they have their place. Like, there there were times when I'm like, okay, I need to work out this. I don't want to work it out in front of a real audience. Right. Let me go to this slotted mic. I know what my time is, and if you're lucky enough to have, you know your peers there that can actually help you work that bit out and maybe offer you something like that's great. But like to answer your question, like I did have comics very early on that kind of taught me like the business, like, Oh, you got to get on the road. You got to do this. You got to get a tape of, you know, 10 minutes. If you want to MC, if you want to feature, you need to tape this long. It's got to be, you know, right. If you're going to do it with your phone, it's got to be sideways. Like all these just little things. Right. Oh, here's so-and-so's email, email them. Right. Just like, yeah. So for me, I was very lucky to learn the business pretty early on. So like I was doing the road, like getting paid, not like I was like headlining, but like just for me getting an MC job on the road was like, sweet. I get to go to fucking wherever, um, like within like within their year. Like, right. That's awesome. It was great. And then from there, then I would talk to other guys on the road and learn, yeah. learn from them. And like, I've always been like a sponge and I'm still like, I'm still learning things. Like I have people that, you know, like my buddy, uh, <laughs> my buddy, Eric will, uh, if I tweet something, he'll be like, Hey man, um, you should probably take that tweet down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, really? He's like, yeah. Or like if I post like, He's he's very like Eric Rivera. I'm giving you shout outs, even though I, <laughs> even though I know you're not listening. Um, like he's always kind of ahead of like the social media, like what the trends are. Right. And so I'll post something like, like I you know like for the longest time, the thing was like you would. Do you know who Gary Vee is? Yeah. So he's very Gary Vee is huge in the marketing space. Yeah, he's like the OG of a lot of like the content marketing. One hundred percent. Yeah, but like, and I learned a lot from from listening to him. Like, right. you know, post post on Snapchat, post on here, post on there. He used to be posting, you know, a hundred pieces of content. Yeah, a day. Gary's like, insane. Yeah. but he gets the content out. and yeah. everyone pays attention. And I've learned. Yeah, and so it was like you know, take tweet something screenshot it and then post it and then give it a different caption or something so that it's different on each platform just right. stuff like that. optimize it for the platform but yes. use it wherever you can yes yeah and so that was like a thing for a while and then my buddy was like and eric was like hey you should do it this way is now like the thing is like putting in a picture like a headshot or a picture of you on stage and then in that picture putting the tweet and i'm like oh i didn't even know that was a yeah thing, but that's like a thing now and so it's like oh, okay so like 
you know, I have people like that that'll right. give me that kind of bit or take me on the road with them or yeah. like whatever. It's like, so I have been, that, that is something about being from LA is like, I have been fortunate to learn that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, cause I, cause I also had guys that would be like, you know, you're here in LA. If you want to get better, like you're going to have to go and do more time on the road. And cause if you're in LA, you're not going to get to do a half hour. People in something. LA don't care. Right. Like it's like the audiences just aren't really there as much. Right. <sighs> no, I mean, it just depends. But like, they're just so used to the format of like everyone doing 10, 15 minutes. Okay. Like, yeah, that's yeah. it. Like at the comedy store, that's what it you is. have the biggest comedy comics in the world. They're doing 15 minutes. Yeah. All night. Unless it's like a special, like maybe someone's working out their hour right. or something. But other than that, like you're seeing everybody for just 15 minutes. Yeah. And at the laugh factory, it's the same thing at the improv. It's the same thing. Sometimes yeah. the improv is just 10. So it's like, if you want to build, you know, to get better, you have to build those longer sets. Right. You got to have to go on the road. Yeah. And so I was like, Oh, okay. So then I went on the road and I was like, okay, yeah, this is where, and then I have a little bit more kind of leeway to like, okay, well let me try out these bits that I don't want to try in an LA crowd because right. you don't know who's going to be in the audience kind of thing, which is where the allure of Austin comes. It's like, okay, well there's not, I don't really have to worry about like industry per yeah. se. Yeah. So yeah. If I do want to like work something out. I can probably do it. Totally. Or when I'm on the road, same thing. It's like, I don't know. That's a thing that a lot of people don't think about. Like yeah. when I first started here, and this is true for basically any scene outside of New York or LA, you don't have that um, lingering thought of who's in the audience. Yeah. Or, um, you know, you don't really know anything about agents or the business side of that. Yeah. Um, and so you you meet these people who are so funny and very good and you're like why are you not bigger you know why right. are you not and and it i think it's it's detrimental because it's it's a lot of a lot of the people and this is by no means a blanket statement but there's a lot of people who are extremely funny but they never break out of their local scene yeah. because they don't look at it as a business right and and quite frankly, a lot of comedians get into it because they don't want to work. You know, they're like, I like comedy. I just want to like tell jokes and get paid for it. And that's yeah. kind of it. But it's like, no, you're, you're still starting a business. <laughs> like you're still an, you should still think of yourself as an entrepreneur, yeah. you know? And I think I just got lucky because I was an entrepreneur. <laughs> like I was yeah. working for myself since college. Like even when I was at that gym, it was a private gym. So I was still having to hustle my own clients. Like yeah. I wasn't just getting fed clients like you would at a 24 hour or something. Right. Yeah. Um, Wait, and so why did you say 24 hour? Did you know that I got fired from there? I didn't, <laughs> but that's like, I mean, fucking most trainers have worked at 24 yeah. hours. That's, what I said. that's what, that's when it, that literally I got fired from 24 hour fitness and started stand up like a week later. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Origin very, story. It was a very tough time. I worked there for 11 years. What the fuck? Yeah. They fired me for some bullshit too. Yikes. But it was like girlfriend, girlfriend and I broke up and then a couple weeks later got fired from 24 hour fitness. So I was just like going crazy right and i was like let me just get on stage and then that's like the best wow thing. i know right fucking mean, 24 you know, hour fitness phoenix out of the ashes yeah exactly <laughs> but yeah it's just it's so it, it, i'm just very thankful that i looked at things from a business perspective yeah. and i just got super lucky with jen that she decided to go on tour and she liked my shit and asked me to come and so i got to see her perspective of how she was because she self-booked her first tour and it was yeah. a theater tour and like wow. We we did it. We sold out most of the venues. It was so fun. But like I just I got to see like, oh, no, you actually really need to have a business plan with this. Yeah. And like it might be the most lopsided business plan of all time because there is not one straight word path to get quote unquote successful right. <laughs> in comedy. Um, what does success even mean, though? Exactly. I mean, like, it's like different I, for everybody, right? Yeah. And like I said to someone 
recently, like I had that conversation in my head of, you know, if I get good enough here in Austin and I really want to actually try and make actual money at stand up, yeah. I would probably need to move to LA or New York. Cause that's where the agents are. Right. And you know, that's how you can meet all of the people going on tour and you can get more road gigs and all that stuff. Um, but the conversation I had in my head was also watching my friends. We are in the hotel lobby, by the way. That's <laughs> why you hear uh, possibly some background noise. I don't know if they could hear it. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I mean, like, I'm weird. I'm like, you're weird. Oh, my gosh. Who uses that? Um, <laughs> How long are you staying for? <laughs> Have you ever used one of those ever? No. Exactly. <laughs> I travel all the time. I've never used those once. Like, how many bags do you have? Oh, my God. Um, um, sorry. But, <laughs> oh, God, what even point was I making? Being successful. Being successful. Um, the, the conversation I had in my head a lot was comparing myself, which comparison is good and bad. Right. But I would compare myself to my friends who moved to L.A. immediately after college to pursue acting oh. or stand up in the sense that they were working their shitty day jobs that they hated and not getting any parts, which is what happens in the acting wheel. 100%. I mean, you have to be seen by casting directors so many times yeah. before they cast you. Mm -hmm. um, but I was or looking, know somebody or know someone. But I was looking at it as like, well, fuck, I'm in Austin. I'm less than a year out of college and I already have a recurring paid acting role with Shitface Shakespeare. Yeah. And I was getting booked on local shows. And even though local shows don't pay you club rates, which yeah. are still not great, you're still getting 20 bucks, you know, at a show. And I was like, I'm making more money yeah. here and getting to do what I like more often here than any of my friends in LA. And so the conversation I also had was like, why would I move when I'm currently making more money than mm -hmm. them at this? I'm still definitely not good enough to be a headliner at the time. Right. Like I was like, whatever. And, um, I just, that was kind of the talk that I had in my head too, was like, I'm, I'm making a little bit of money at this and I'm having more fun here than it seems that my friends in LA are having. Why would I leave? And that, that was success to me. That's I, I've, talked about it so many times on here anytime i get paid to tell jokes is a success yeah period yeah when i check my thing and i get like my little residual from my podcast yeah i'm like that's a success exactly any, any amount of money that i get for yeah. doing this like am i making six figures no but like am i happy that i have all that i do that i have i have obviously creative freedom to do whatever with right. this and, and on stage and whatever. It's like that, like who does that? Right. Who, who has that kind of freedom? Like, yeah, like I'm not making, I'm not famous. I'm not, but like that's a success to me. And exactly. people that know like where I came from to where I am now, it's like, it's such a success. So it's like, I think like, I don't know about you, but like whenever people want to talk shit to me online, it's yeah. like, oh, you're a failed comedian. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, where do you work? Right. Because uh, I don't know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> so your definition is that I'm not famous, so I'm a failure. Like, no, I don't know who you are at your job either. Right. So it's 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 just whatever. I'm like. It's, it's just a stay in your lane thing yeah. at some point, too. Like, that's where I say, like, the comparison is like it's a double edged sword because you can compare yourself to the people who are way more successful sure. financially. Right. Yeah. Or whatever you define success to be. But it's like, you know. I, I personally was like, am I happy with what I'm doing? Am I making a little money at it? You know, am I on a track to possibly make more money? Yeah. Am I, and I mean, I like my day job too, you know, yeah. there, that's so. why I do it. And it's like, I always went for the things that I liked and just figured out how to cover my living expenses, <laughs> you it. know, and, and then hopefully it just gets better and you yeah. have a savings suddenly and then you get to travel a little bit and it's like, okay, cool. Like as long as, as long as you're beating your past self, to me, you know, as long as you're climbing the ladder of your past self, 
that's success. And um, I was talking to my friend Sam the other day, who like brought up a Sam Merrill quote, which I never, uh, which I never heard. Um, but he said uh, Sam Merrill made something comment about. Uh, he goes, yeah, success to me in comedy is like, are my complaints this year better than my complaints last year? <laughs> Which is like such a pessimistic way to look at it, but also very accurate. Because yeah. he's like, you know, this year you're complaining that you're not getting booked to host anywhere. And the next year complaining that you're not getting booked at the at the clubs you want to get booked at. Yeah. And then the following year you're like, well, I'm not getting booked to feature. And it's like, well, now you're, you know, two years ago you were complaining you weren't right. getting booked to host. And now you're hosting all the time. And you're making money at it. So yeah. you're still doing better than you were two years ago. Dude, he is a guy that... Uh, I talk about this too like he had a special that he probably got you know pitched to everybody and right. they were like nope 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 and he's like okay fuck it, i'm just gonna put it on youtube and got like millions of views yeah and it's probably made more money by putting it himself on youtube than he would have gotten had he gotten it on netflix and he's so fucking funny he's, i mean he's great but yeah. there's so many people like mark norman same thing like yeah there's so many ways now especially with the internet which is why this a place like Austin is also still appealing because right. it's like there's still the internet. Like, yeah. And if it's good and it gets circulated enough, like totally. That's it. You I know? mean, that's how Jen, I mean, Jen lives in round rock. Okay. She is a Catholic mom of six uh-huh. and she has been in the Austin area this entire time that she's been doing stand up, and she just signed with UTA. Like yeah. that's a huge agency to sign with and yeah. she's living in Texas that's and they're great. based yeah. in LA, you know, like, See, yeah. you, she's you just, just good know, at making man. viral videos and do your building thing. a fan base. And, you know, they don't care at the end of the day as long as people are going to buy tickets, yeah. right? At the end of the day, man. Um, okay, Allison, yes. uh, tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, yeah, my new podcast is coming out on Big Laugh Comedy Network. Okay. It's called Detox with Allison. Spelled D-E-T-A-L-K-S. Yes, Detox. and you'll appreciate this. It's because we, uh, it, I book comedians or f- just fun people, uh-huh. and uh, the vitamin IV lounge that I run marketing for gives us vitamin IVs while, we do, <laughs> while we do the podcast. That's so I talk great. to them about comedy while I'm forcing them to take their vitamins. Like, like a needle and everything? Oh, yeah. I mean, up. you can choose to not do it, oh. but like this drink that I'm drinking right now is like, the drinkable version oh, of no way. That's their awesome. vitamins. Yeah. So yeah. So we'll sip on some so when vitamin it, when cocktails. When, when does it start? It should be dropping in the next couple of weeks. Okay. We're finishing up, you know, intro, outro music, all that stuff. Okay. But I've got six Perfect. episodes recorded. Sweet. Um, it's very fun so far. And then, yeah, on social media, just at Aliwo, A-L-L-I-W-O. We'll, on, put it, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, on Instagram, the Aliwo on Twitter, and then Aliwo.com. Do you have any tour dates or anything? I will within the next couple of weeks. Okay. And everything's always posted on my website, my Instagram, all that Perfect. stuff. But I'll be opening for Jen this fall again. All so right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then maybe, uh, well, I'll be back here. A yeah. Bunch, well, you're going to be on my show tonight that's, that's right, a local right. austin show that'll be in the past by the time they hear this yeah but good set at fourth tap <laughs> it happens a couple oh yeah, times she, a month she's so. got a, a bi a bi bi-weekly show here it's like twice a month yeah, yeah, yeah. that's bi-weekly right ish <laughs> okay. twice a month yeah okay. <laughs> um and yeah it's at the four it's fourth at the tap. fourth tap which is on in the domain near the domain yep in austin twice a month yeah um, and then she's all over austin and on tour with jen so um dude thank you so much yeah, thank you uh, you guys if you're listening to this on apple podcast just leave me a review that's all or rate it or whatever um this has been the camera adds 10 pounds i will be um at the comedy house in new orleans headlining uh july 15th 16th and 17th I, i'm sure i have other shows in between but i want that one to fucking sell out because I'm headlining, so yeah. I want as many people as fucking Kim. So anyway, and I've n- and I never been to New Orleans, so I'm very excited about that. So anyway, um, this has been The Camera Ads 10 Pounds, you guys. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye.